Hey everyone, thank you for tuning in to the New Birth Podcast. There's a word of hope for you today and we are excited for what God is doing here at New Birth. For more information, visit our website, nbplaceofhope.com. Now for the message by our senior pastor, Gabby Mejia. I want to remind us of who we are in Christ. I feel the Lord is telling us that we need to surrender our desire for vengeance. That we need to surrender our desire to retaliate. He says in Romans chapter 12, verse 21, do not, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. It's in that same chapter that Paul says, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. I will repay. So surrender your right to defend yourself. Surrender your right to get back. Give up that right. Because in giving up the right, you become right. Surrender. And today I want to, I just want to breeze over it. If y'all, if y'all standing and want to sit down, y'all can go sit down. But whether it's on the floor or in the chair or on stage or in your head, whatever you want to do. But because I want to remind you all that you were created to overcome. Everyone in this room is created and was created to overcome. And the Bible says, and I read the scripture last week and we were able to finish the sermon, but I'll finish it today, even if it's in the next 10 minutes. I want to I tell y'all that when I look at New Birth Church, you guys remind me in scripture of the people of Israel. A broken people. A hurting people. And what's crazy is... <clears throat> What made God's people to be broken, or be enslaved, to be in captivity, was God's permissible will, His providential plan. And so for those of us who are asking, why me, why this, why now, why? I want to remind you today that you were created to overcome. You were created to overcome. And Moses is at the end of his ministry. He's about to see for the very first time the promised land. And God takes him to the apex of a mountain and there he begins to see. And verse 34, verse, chapter 34, verse 1 says, And then Moses went up from the plains of Moab to the Mount Nebo, to the top of Pisgah, where across, which is across from Jericho, the first view that Moses see when he gets to the mountain was Jericho. And then he says, and the Lord showed him all of the land of Gilead as far as Dan, Naphtali, the land of Ephraim, and Manassas, and all the land of Judah as far as the western sea, the south and the plain of the valley of Jericho, the city of palm trees. The first city that Moses identifies is Jericho. And the nickname that Jericho has is the city of palm tree. 
And I told you last week, two weeks ago, that the palm tree had some characteristics. And I could only imagine Moses' first view of this place, Jericho. In light of what this Jericho place represents, which is symbolic to the city of palm trees. And the question I ask you all is, why did God allow all of this to happen? Because when we look at Moses at the top of the mountain, yeah, we're going to make it. Yeah, the promised land. Yeah, we're here. That, that, that's the greatness of Moses. But the process of Moses took him 40 years to finally say yes. As a matter of fact, it took him 80 years. Because Moses spent 40 years in the wilderness. We know that story. But prior to those 40 years, he spent another 40 years in the mountain. When he ran from Egypt. So this guy took him 80 years to finally say, wow, my eyes have seen the glory of God. Now, why did Moses, why didn't he give up year 38, year 52, year 67? What kept him going on? Here's what kept him going on. He was created to overcome. I told y'all last week that Moses' grandparents and his forefathers stems out of the family and the lineage of Jacob. And who was Jacob? He was a warrior. From the very moment he was in his mother's womb, he was fighting to get out first. Not only did he fight with his brother to come out first, he fought with the angel of the Lord. And then we see Jacob has a son by the name of Joseph, the last of the twelve. And Joseph was a fighter. He had a dream. He had a vision. And they betrayed him, turned him to be a slave, put him in a pit, put him in a prison. Why did Joseph not quit? Because he understood that in his DNA, he was created to overcome. Can you imagine being betrayed by your brother, yet he's still believing in his dream? Betrayed by those that he loved, yet he's still saying, I'm going to overcome this because there's something inside of me. Then he goes to Potiphar's house. And Potiphar's wife throws a scandal on him. She takes his clothes. She tries, she tries to rape him. And then he goes to prison. And in prison, he doesn't lose hope. He doesn't lose faith. Because he was created to overcome and sometimes we are in our prison. Sometimes we are in our pits. Sometimes we are in our betrayal. And we want to get up and go. But I come to tell you and remind you that you were created to overcome. So why did God allow this to happen? God allowed Moses to go through everything he went through. Which, by the way, they tried to kill him when he was a baby. He was separated by his family and was living in the palace of an Egyptian pagan family. Why would God allow that? Why not keep Moses with the Hebrews worshiping Jehovah God, worshiping the Lord, giving God almighty praise. But now he's taken out of a Hebrew context, put in an Egyptian context where they worship the God Dagon, where they worship the God Eglon, and they worship all of these gods. Why did God do that to Moses? To prepare Moses. To deliver God's people. Because you can't help people out of some place you have not been in yourself. Yes. Yes. 
Jesus could not deliver us had he not been in prison, metaphorically speaking. Jesus would not have been able to save us had he not died the death he died. Jesus would have had no right to go into the bosom of Abraham and take the captivity and bring him to heaven had he not been. Now, now why did God go through that? To deliver. I want you to know that you were created to overcome and what you're going through is an only a catalyst that God is using. But the thing is that while you're in your pain, you don't see it. While you're in your burden, it doesn't make sense. While you're in the mountain like Moses, 40 years, running around and taking care of sheep, he doesn't see it. But there's going to come a moment when God puts you in the middle of the mess, and you're going to understand, I can do this. He needed trouble early in his life to understand the pain of his own people. That's why, church, God allows you to go through your situations. So that you can be relatable to other people. Jacob's sons were warriors and fighters. Jacob wrestled with God. Joseph fought. And so the people of Israel were courageous people. But here's what happens. Bondage caused these people to live in fear. And for 400 years... Here's what the devil did in Egypt to the people of God. For 400 years, he started playing with their head, telling them, you ain't courageous nothing. You ain't a conqueror nothing. Look at you. Working and slaving and, and getting whipped by the taskmaster. And all you do is what we tell you to do. That's what the devil does. That's what the devil does. For 400 years, the devil's objective to the people of God was make them believe that they were not created to conquer. So what does God do? He takes a guy by the name of Moses prepares him and brings him to his people to remind them that they were created to overcome. And when they started believing in that, here's what God does to the people of Israel, which I think he's doing with us. The first thing God does before, he, before, he, before we can get a glimpse of Jericho, the city of Palms, which is representative of that I can do all things through Christ. Before we get there, the first thing God does, he takes them out of, look what he does. First thing God does, he takes them out of slavery and leads them into the wilderness. Now you think, if God takes me out of a problem, he's going to put me in the promise. God don't do that. Some of us, God has taken us out of the mess and we were expecting to be at our apex. Some of us, God took us out of the mess, and we thought that he was going to put us in the, in, the, in the pinnacle of success. No, 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 no. God took them out of the pain they were in, and he takes them straight into the wilderness, into the desert. Here's why. Which, by the way, this little journey, had, had, you, had Moses had a GPS back in them days, it would have taken him 11 days to get there. Yet it took him 40 years. Now, why did God allow them in there for 40 years? Because God was rebirthing in them the power to conquer again. Because the moment they got on the promised land, all they were going to do was fight. But God can't give them a promised land and they can't fight if they still believe they're called to be slaves. So God says, I'm going to keep you in there. Listen to me. For 40 years till you get it. I'm going to keep you there for 40 years till it makes sense. And here's what he does. He says, first thing I want you to do, I want you to change your eating habits. 
the first thing God does when he takes them to the promised land, he changes their diet. Because you are what you eat. You are what you eat. And for 40 years, they're eating manna. And for 40 years, they're drinking water, not from the river, which is contaminated. They're drinking water from a rock. For 40 years, God is bringing them meat from heaven. For 40 years, God has given them shadow in the middle of the heat. For 40 years, God is bringing them heat in the middle of the cold. For 40 years, God is reminding them, I am your provider. I am your sustainer. I am your strong tower. Now, now what is that doing in the minds of the people of Israel? They're beginning to believe that they're not slaves no more. They're beginning to believe, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. God is my provider. God is making all this happen. I must matter to God that every single morning he stops heaven and brings me bread. I must matter to God that every time I touch the rock, water comes out. But how will you know that water comes out of a rock if you're not in a place of a desert? How will you know that God is your provider if you're not in a mess? So here's what he does. For 40 years, he's changing their way of thinking. Changing the way of thinking. Changing the way of thinking. Changing the way of thinking. And when year 40 came, which by the way, the only ones that made it to the promised land was Joshua and Caleb. Out of almost a million people that came out of Egypt, only two that came out and turned in. And you think, wait a minute, but that's not fair. Everybody was, came out high that they're going to the promised land, and all of them died in the wilderness. But the question is, did they die in the wilderness? No, they did not die in the wilderness. Literally, they did. But spiritually, they transcended the spirit of victory into their offspring. And they entered into the promised land by their offspring. Now listen to this, and I close, and I don't know how I did this, but good God Almighty, I'm going to close in one minute. God takes them from slavery to the desert. And then when he sees that they're ready and their minds are now to think that they can overcome again, then God takes them from the desert and leads them into the promised land. And now look at this. I want to let y'all know this morning, this afternoon, that God, some of us are, God is ushering some of us this afternoon to the top of the Mount Nebo to show us the city of Jericho, which is a reminder of us that the righteous, Psalms 92, will flourish like the palm tree. And though we were in bondage, and though we were in slavery, that tree and that city represents who I'm going to be from this moment forward. Now listen to me, and I close. He takes them there to Jericho. Why? Because of the name and what it represented, the city of Palm. And this was symbolic of who they were as a nation. They were no longer to be thought of themselves as an oppressed people. Now, by looking at the palm tree, they're now being acknowledged as you can withstand. You can overcome. And why did Moses get a glimpse of that city? Because he knows there's a fight about to happen. Listen to me, church. They were like the palm tree in the wilderness, yet they didn't die. They were like the palm tree. Oppressed, yet they were not destroyed. I come to tell you, church, you are like that palm tree today. You were created 
to overcome. But overcoming doesn't happen unless you surrender. Today the Lord has brought you right in front of your Jericho. And he wants you to look at it. And yes, there's a big wall. Yes, there's a big wall. And yes, jo jo Joshua said that when they came back to inform Israel, two of the servants said they're giants and they're monstrous and they're impossible to overcome. Yeah, they're giants in the land. But God didn't take you to see Jericho to be intimidated by the giants. He took you to see Jericho to let you know you are like the palm tree. Listen to me. He has brought you this far so that you can see where you're going to overcome. There were not, listen, once they saw the palm tree, once they saw Jericho, here's what happened. Look at what happens. Once they saw Jericho, several things stopped. The first thing that stopped was no more manna came from heaven. When they saw Jericho, no more pillar of fire came down from heaven. When they saw Jericho, no more cloud of fire. When they saw Jericho, no more meat came from heaven. It stopped. You know why it stopped? You know why God stopped giving them bread? And why God stopped giving them food? And why God stopped giving them... You know why? Because they were already thinking, I can do this. I'm going to get my own bread. I'm going to do it for myself. I'm no longer afraid. God had to provide for them because mentally they didn't believe that they could do it on their own strength because they were living like slaves. But now they can say, I'm an overcomer again. I can overcome this thing again. So church, as we get ready to leave and go home, when you go back to your house, get on top of your Mount Nebo and look at your Jericho and tell them I'm going to overcome. As, I don't even know how to explain this, Nicole, but there's something about giving up. There's something about, I don't know how it is. There's something about surrendering something that qualifies you to receive. So I don't, it doesn't make sense. It's, it's something about you letting go. The mentality of slavery, the mentality of fear, the mentality of insufficiency. There's something about letting that go that, that, that qualifies you to think, I can do it. I can take it. We hope this message has inspired you. As a place of hope, our church is committed to reach our community. If you'd like more information about New Birth, visit our website at nbplaceofhope.com.